What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Hour number three of Sports Talk begins with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. It's Thursday. That means it's time for us to say hello to Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com as he joins us for his weekly visit. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. From design to installation, the team at Diversified has you covered. You can view their portfolio online at sunandscreen.com. Brent Hubs, how are you? I'm doing good. Hope you guys are doing well. Doing well, thanks. And Tennessee picked up uh, last week. It was a defensive back. This week, a wide receiver. Is uh, They're now up to five commits, aren't they, for the class of 24? Yeah, J.J. Harrell is the latest commit, a wide receiver from Miss, from Sardis, Mississippi. And um, Sardis, Mississippi, home of? Boy, plenty of people. Former Tennessee athlete? Oh, I'm drawing a blank. Is it a football player? Is Tory Harris not from Sardis, Mississippi? Oh, okay. I don't know. Former basketball player, played for Kevin O'Neill. I remember him. Random yes. thought of the day. There you go. Uh, yeah. JJ <laughs> Harrell's the guy who visited Tennessee. Uh, he's seen Tennessee multiple times and um, just you know fell in love with, with Tennessee, the offense, Josh Heupel and, and Kelsey Pope. His parents very comfortable with it and uh, surprised everybody by doing it on his birthday. And uh, I didn't see that one coming in terms of timing. Tennessee will have to recruit him to the finish line because schools are not going to stop recruiting him, particularly when you commit in February before you sign in December. So uh, they will certainly have to continue there. But a really good athlete, good player, identified by Tennessee early. Um, a guy that Tennessee had high up on their priority board at the receiver spot. So J.J. Uh, Harrell, and you'd like to get Ryan Wingo to go with him. And, boy, that would be the start of a, a really – Really, really good recruiting class at the wide receiver position. So, uh, a good get for Tennessee, and a good get for Kelsey Pope, who has uh, done a really good job recruiting uh, him. And um, you know that gives Tennessee some momentum heading back into the month of March. Tennessee will have a junior day on win on Saturday that will feature more probably 25s and 26s than it will 24s. We talked about this on our mailbag podcast. If you're in the class of 24, you're getting ready to sign, and you're going to take visits in March. You're probably going to go watch your team. You're probably going to watch the team practice. Mm-hmm. You're not just going for the photo shoot, not just going for the big tour, right, the, the big group tour. This is You're probably down to your final ten, final seven, trying to figure out who you're going to visit officially and that type of thing. So you're probably looking for some more specific things. So this junior day will feature more 25s and 26 kids, and then Tennessee hopes to get a bunch of guys in in the 24 class for practice. Um you know, when when spring practice starts on March the 20th. So it's cranking back up, and that's a good way to crank it back up for Tennessee to get J.J. Harrell in the boat. Boy, that's something. And as you mentioned, uh, the volunteers are right there in so many either top tens or top fives for those that might be a little bit closer to making their decision as they've whittled down the field. But that's a, it's a testament to the staff that even though some of the names have changed and the roles that they're uh, performing, it just looks like, They've got a very, very distinct plan that they have in terms of how they find the talent that they want, offense, defense, special teams, and so on. Yeah, and I mean, it's a situation where this you're seeing everybody wanted last fall, we're the big names, right? We're the big names as a result of Tennessee having success on the field. And, and they were looking for big names in the class of 23. And most of those big names were already off the board going somewhere else, right? Now, Tennessee got 
you know, Hobbs uh, late and, and, you know, Arian Carter and did well down the stretch as a result of their success in winning. But I think you're seeing a, a greater result of that success in 24s and 25s in terms of guys saying, hey, I've got to go see Tennessee. doesn't mean they land them all, but Tennessee is much more on everybody's radar screen um, as, in terms of being a school they want to go see because there's stability, as you mentioned, and also because of the success they had on the field this past year. Brent, uh, we learned recently the NCAA announced that there were four Tennessee coaches slash staff members getting three- to five-year show causes. Tennessee has uh, not agreed to one of the charges against them for a lack of institutional control. Jeremy Pruitt has not agreed with it. Some others have not agreed. Uh, they will go have a hearing with the you know, frac- Committee on Infractions. Any idea when that will occur? Yeah, I, know, I mean, I don't know. And, and it might not get there. I mean, you know, there, there's still conversations with the NCAA. You might be able to reach an agreement before you ever get to that hearing. Um now, that they haven't been able to do that yet, okay, so I'm not sitting here saying that that's going to happen, but the dialogue has not been shut down um, to the point that, you know, it's definitely going before or definitely going to be, a, a, you know, a hearing with, with the committee. So uh, Tennessee would like to avoid that hearing um, and like to reach an agreement. If you're the NCAA, I think you want to avoid that hearing from a public perception standpoint. I mean, look, here, here's Tennessee. They've paid for all the interviews. They handled all, all the investigative work for the NCAA. They turned over everything. They've been 100% transparent. Um, and NCAA was in on that, That's what I'm saying. They were in on all the interviews. That's what I mean. They, they didn't have to go back behind yeah. and do their own set of interviews and spend a million dollars investigating Tennessee. Tennessee did that work for them. Yeah. Tennessee cleared house, okay, completely cleared the house. There's nobody left in there. Um, and, and so if you're the NCAA and you've got a school that's been – as cooperative as Tennessee has, as transparent as Tennessee has, has has been as aggressive as Tennessee was initially in getting rid of everybody, do you want the perception out there that you're going to go hammer them some more? Because if you do, then then why don't you why don't you do the Kansas trip? Why don't you just do whatever you want? You know, and not and not and why cooperate. Would you cooperate? Yeah. yeah, why would you cooperate? Why why do you go about doing those things? Um, it makes you know it makes no sense to, to do that. Here's the thing on the institutional control deal uh, and that debate or that charge or part of that charge or whatever. I've read through the whole thing. Everybody who's mentioned in that in, in the case is no longer at Tennessee. But you know who's not mentioned in it is the guy who was overseeing athletics at the time. Okay, and Philip Fulmer. Right. If there's nothing against him, how do you come back and say it's a lack of institutional control? You should have known something when that person is not involved in anything. Now, if he was, if he were involved in it, then I think it's an easier case to say, wait a minute, lack of institutional control because you, you know your your person in charge, your athletics director, didn't know, you know, didn't didn't control things, didn't know this, whatever. He, he you know, there's nothing there. So it's how, how is the university side and the university in general supposed to know what's going on if the athletic director is not linked to it in any way, shape, or form? I think that if I'm Tennessee, that's what I'm contesting on that about. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. How are you going to hammer me? Because the people who were, who were guilty are gone. 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 Completely, completely, completely out of here. And we're basically immediately out of here, right? I mean, this broken – early December and Jeremy Pruitt was gone in middle of January. 
You know, I mean, so it, I mean, they made they made quick decisions to get rid of everybody, and I think that's what Tennessee's going for. And I think if you're the NCAA, you want to tread lightly about taking Tennessee to committee because of how cooperative Tennessee was. Because the stigma you have out there is if you're going to take them to committee, but you haven't done it to other people, and if they cooperate as much as they have, and you're going to go to committee, why cooperate? What's yeah. the advantage of that's cooperating? Right. And I think that's a that's a slippery slope for the NCAA yeah. to be involved in. All right, so let me ask you this about Jeremy Pruitt. Do you think he's fighting the allegations, or is he fighting the number of years on the show calls? Or both? I think they're probably one and the same, because the only way to reduce this, the number of years in the show calls is going to be to get some of the allegations against him reduced. The, the problem Jeremy Pruitt has is the notion that, that, that he apparently wants to sell that he didn't know. That, that he didn't know everything was going on. The problem is his wife was right. involved. He, so, he so, lives with somebody. Yeah, that, so yeah. you're not, not going to win that argument with, with the NCAA. So the show calls is coming. Would he like to negotiate it down smaller? I'm sure he would. Um, how realistic is that or, not, or, or is that not? I, I, don't, I don't know the answer to that. I'm not sure how interested Derek Hansley is in any of it. I made that point yesterday. You know, I said I think he's just going to stay in the NFL. I mean, you know, I don't even – I don't wow. think he's – I just think he's avoided the NCAA and the whole thing. I don't think he's trying to negotiate anything. I just think he's <laughs> – I'm not returning your phone call. I'm just doing – I'm in the league. I'm a defensive coordinator. I'm going to stay in this league anyway. I'm not getting involved in that. So I don't know that that's a situation where he's fighting a whole lot with the NCAA or he's just – packed his bags and moved on and, and just not involved, which is why there's been no resolution, you know, and no resolution agreed. I think everybody else who agreed to something, the, the four who agreed, wanted to start that clock, you know, and, and try to get through their show calls as fast as they can with the hopes of someday getting back into the college foot or have the option to get back in the college football world if they want to. Two of them are high school coaches and Andrew Hughes in the NFL. He may want to stay in the NFL, but I think the two high school coaches would certainly like to coach in college again if that opportunity presents itself once the show calls is passed. But you can't get the show calls passed if you don't get it started, and I think they wanted that clock started. Our guest, Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. If you have a question or comment for Brent, 865-656-9900. That's 865-656-9900. Use that number to join the conversation or text us your question or comment. We've got more coming your way. The program today at Harper Volkswagen, 9901 Kingston Pike, as you listen to 991 The Sports Animal. Every week, Michael Rosenbaum is getting deep with someone new on the Inside of You podcast. Let's get inside of Shelly Hennick. So Obliterated's on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I had the best time. It was challenging, but it was like the show. It doesn't always happen. Everybody's trying to make a show and you're not. This was a dream. It's no fun. Genuinely. And if it wasn't, I would just keep my mouth shut and talk about something else. Like it was. Hey, it was fine because I've done that. I've asked people and they're like, you know, yeah. Inside of You with Michael Rosenbaum, wherever you listen. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. 
Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Himes. I'm John Wilkerson today at Harper Volkswagen, 9901 Kingston Pike. Here with Brent Hubs of VolQuest.com. And again, to join us, you can be on the air and join the conversation, 865-656-9900. That's 865-656-9900. Or use that number to text us your question for Brent while he's with us. Let's check in with Steve. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Steve. Hi, fellas. Hey. Hey, Brent, talk about recruiting in North Carolina and Maryland. Uh, they've had several kids from Maryland down for, for a junior day. Um, and I don't know how real that, that ends up being or, or not being, Steve, um, when it's all said and done. Um, I think for Virginia, they, they need Cam Seldon to play, you know, to play and be a factor. I think if you're Tennessee, you've got to get in Virginia. I think you've got to recruit in Virginia because I, I think at the end of the day with Hugh Freeze at Auburn and Alabama and, and Georgia where they are, you can go to Georgia and get some players. Uh, it's going to be hard to go to Alabama and get a bunch of players. Right. Um, it's just it just is hard. It's not that they can't recruit. It's not that, you know, th- there's this, that, and the other. But if, if Alabama remains good and Auburn builds under Hugh Freeze and those two programs in that state are good, it's hard to go in there and beat somebody out. Maybe a little bit in North Alabama you can do some things. Um but you're gonna, it's going to be hard. It's going to be really hard to, to do that. Georgia's hard. I, you know, I've said this for years. I think Georgia's the most hotly contested rec- state in, in recruiting. When you talk about per capita, I think you've got Florida State, you got Auburn, you got Alabama, you got Georgia, you got Clemson, South Carolina, Tennessee, Florida, you know, Florida State. That's just all here. That doesn't count Michigan State trying to come in and recruit. Michigan, schools from the north coming in. It's easy to get to Atlanta and fly in and out. And, and so – I think Georgia, you're going to go in and go in there and swing and get some kids from Georgia, uh, but but you're not going to, you know, you, you got to go and move around a little bit. I think North Carolina, I think Virginia are two areas where Tennessee should continue to try to make inroads and continue to try to recruit uh, up in both those areas. And I would throw D.C. and Maryland into that category. You know, some of those kids in Maryland are, are really, um, really committed. Like Penn State can go in there and do well. Maryland's just not sustained success, so I, I don't know. I think you can go in and, and have a little success in Maryland and have some success in, in Virginia. They need guys to, who are on their roster from those areas to go have success because that creates further success, right? I mean, Rico right. McCoy, you know, and, and Gerard Mayo, that you know helps that helps get those things done. So you need guys in those areas to have some success. Cam Seldon would be, would be nice for, for him to have some early success in his career at Tennessee to help you and recruit. Help you in recruiting. Right. right. Okay. Well, I, I was trying to think up good questions, and I thought about, up about three. There and you go. So I'm going to save two of them. All right. That's good. <laughs> save those. Save those for next week, Steve, right? Right. All right, partner. Sounds good, man. <laughs> By the way, Byron Young with a 4-5-1 unofficially um, moments ago at the at the NFL Combine. So that's not a bad time at the med- Measured in at 250 pounds or weighed in at 250. So that's a solid time. Yeah. Nolan Smith, 444 today. That's pretty. Wow. Yeah, that's moving. Pretty nice. Yeah, Nolan Smith's a good football player. And so is Byron Young. So Byron Young helped himself today with a 451. I'd be, I'd be surprised if he ran again. Um, I think in his pro day at Knoxville. I, I don't, I'm not sure he's going to, I'm not sure he's going to get under 45. I don't know. He might run again, but, but he may be pretty satisfied at 451. So that's a solid time for him today. That, uh, that really is. And, to see that there's 
already a significant contingent that's at the combine. What do you think it'll be like when it's pro day on campus? Uh, it'll be it'll be good. It'd be hadn't seen it like that in a while. You know, I mean it it'll be. Um, That'll be a good day. Now, I don't know how many guys are going to do things. If Darnell Wright has a good Sunday afternoon in Indianapolis, I'm putting my Crocs on, man. <laughs> and I'm not even putting them in four-wheel drive. I'm putting them in two-wheel drive and loafing around. I think I've done enough. I, I don't know. I mean, if he if he physically does what he needs to do up there, uh, maybe he works out in Knoxville and does some one-on-one drills specific to his position. But I don't know that you run and go in the weight room anymore if he has a good day up there. Uh, so I don't know how much of that there will be, but there will be a lot of NFL teams here to see those guys throw with a quarterback, you know, um, those receivers run, you know, routes, and, and the actual football testing part of it. It'll be a, it'll be a good show in Knoxville for that pro day. It'll look, it'll look much more like it's supposed to look around here. That'll be fun. Yeah, speaking of, uh, of, of testing that's going on, it, uh, Matt Miller at ESPN is really high on Jalen Hyatt, and he thinks that there could be two defensive back prospects and two on offense, Hyatt being one of them, that could perhaps touch the four twos with their 40 time. We'll see. That's typically a pretty fast track. I mean, there's been some good times up there today. So um, we'll see. I know that's a goal of Jalen Hyatt's. Uh, he's going to need to run well. I think he will run well. Uh, but that's, I mean, that's a deep receiver class. A lot of receivers. Now, the NFL's in love with receivers right now, more mm-hmm. than running backs, as we know. Uh, so, I think I think Jalen's got a chance to, there'll be a lot of disappointment if he doesn't put up a big-time 40-time. A lot of people in the NFL will be disappointed because of where they think he should be slotted, and Jalen would be most disappointed. I think the guy who continues to, in, 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 yesterday, the quotes from Will Anderson Right, the quotes from the the kid at Georgia yesterday about Darnell Wright. Yeah, I mean, hello. I mean, to, to me, Darnell Wright's the the mover and the shaker in this Tennessee class, and and I thought he would be. Austin has said this for months that he would test off the charts to get the endorsement he's getting from guys going that he's gone against uh, to do what he did in the Senior Bowl. Boy, it just feels like he's a guy that's that's moving in the right direction in terms of NFL draft boards. So uh, that's going to be something to watch here as well. Yeah, and uh, another thing Miller had to say about Hyatt was the fact that he loves how he adjusts to the deep ball and uh, and how good he is at pulling in a pass over his shoulder. He said he can't wait to see the deep throws on Saturday. Yeah, it should be a blast. It's it's just, I, I mean, it's from a guy who a year ago, year and a half ago, was in no man's land in terms of being a college receiver. He wouldn't, I mean, he and Darnell Wright weren't on anybody's board. They weren't being talked about with anybody. <laughs> and now there's guys, two guys talked about, you know, potentially making big jumps at the NFL Combine. So it's a credit to both of them. It's a credit to the, to the development in this program. Uh, and that in itself can be the biggest recruiting win for Tennessee this, this offseason, this spring. It, it's just those guys showing up on the, in the NFL draft, climbing up, people talking about the development in the program the last couple of years for those guys. That is a that is a huge recruiting shot in the arm uh, for for this program to 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 be able to to sell that to kids out there because listen NIL's great you know colors are great stadiums great at the end of the day most of these kids are still looking to see where are you getting drafted from mm-hmm. and how high are you getting drafted and so Tennessee with a big draft could help themselves uh, in recruiting for sure I would market the heck out of it Brent do you think that Tennessee last year looked at Darnell Wright and said he could really help us at left tackle, but he's an NFL right tackle, so we're going to do him a solid and play him at right tackle and help his draft stock. 
I think Tennessee looked at it and said he could play either one effectively. And then Gerald Mincy came in and was a left tackle only. And I think at that point it was, well, Gerald Mincy's a left tackle only. So to get our best five on the field, we need to we need to, to go to talk about Darnell at right. And Darnell was totally comfortable with right. actually enjoyed playing right tackle better. Um, I, I think, you know, because of the way the NFL's game has changed with some of the spread stuff and the way people are using quarterbacks, it's the left tackle position is still the still the tackle position, but I think there's I think there's a little more equality between left and right now yeah. than there was 15 years ago. Yep. But because not because you got a bunch of left-handed quarterbacks all of a sudden, but but the pocket game is different, you know, and, and how you rush and and how you know where people are bringing rushes from. I think I think there's as not as much, but. You can make a lot of money on the right tackle position as opposed to being, well, it was always thought of if he's playing right tackle, that means he can't play left. And I just don't think that's the case in the NFL right now. I think there are some right tackles in the National Football League that can a- absolutely play left tackle effectively and be good players in the NFL. I think the mobile quarterback mm-hmm. has also contributed to it being less important, the right tackle, left tackle situation i think darnell was more comfortable at right which is is crazy because he played left in high school but i think he 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 felt more comfortable at right for whatever reason from a footwork standpoint um it allowed him to play faster jimmy which allowed him to be a more effective player i mean think about it. he got matched up with will anderson all afternoon against alabama why if you know why we're not flipping there um but it allowed him to play faster, be effective, and in turn is going to make him more money by playing on the right mm-hmm. side. I don't know that they sat around in the office in the spring and went, here's our plan. Let's get Darnell to the right side because he's going to be a better player. I think it just worked out that way. Let's get a call from Chris. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Chris. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Good afternoon. First of all, uh, John, uh, you announced that one of our callers, Roger Davis, had died. Is that the Roger who had the – uh, speech impediment? Yes. Uh, oh. Roger, he uh, battled a short illness and unfortunately passed away. And um, But, yes, that's uh, our longtime and, and loyal caller, Roger, unfortunately. Uh, and th- I always appreciated the chance that he got to call. Well, I appreciated getting to know Roger. And um, our thoughts and prayers, I want to echo what you guys said earlier in, this week, in the week in the sports talk community in Knoxville has echoed out there. Uh, thoughts and prayers are, are with with Roger's family, and um, sorely missed, sorely, sorely missed. Um, had a chance to meet him multiple times at remotes and some other places, and uh, full of life. Loved Tennessee to the core, and um, he brightened your day when you, when you had a chance to visit with him and, and talk to him. And so, uh, our, our thoughts and prayers are certainly with with all of his friends and family who knew him much better. His friends who knew him much better than I did. But um, he was a blessing to, to get to know and a blessing to interact with. And, um, you know, again, praying for everybody in that situation. I appreciate the, the interaction that you folks had with him. Uh, well, we, we did as well. Now, uh, I have a couple of questions for you, uh, Brent. Yes, sir. Uh, may I run through four names and tell me if they are coming back this spring? Okay. Roman Harrison? Yes, uh, Karat Garland? I think so. Uh, Elijah Simmons? Will be... I think he's a Richard Jr. Will something. he be here for spring, Jimmy? 
Yeah, he should be. Yeah, I think he'll still yeah. be here for spring. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens a- afterwards, but yeah. Oh, and the other one is Jalen McCullough. Yes, back with Tennessee. Okay, then uh, one other question. Pro prospects. I have not seen the names of Princeton Fant, uh, uh, Jeremy Carvin, uh, or Jerome, I think it is, uh, and uh, uh, Trey Flowers. Are they involved in any of these pro camps? They're not involved in the combine. They were not invited to the combine this week. After the combine is over, individual schools will have their pro days. Um, and um, when they have, that's when you'll see Jerome Carbon work out. That's when you'll see Princeton Fant, Trayvon Flowers. They'll work out at Tennessee. And they may end up getting some individual workouts with NFL teams at their facilities as a result of those pro days. But none of those guys got invited to the NFL combine. I thought Carvin might have a chance, mm-hmm. uh, Jimmy. I, I think he's going to surprise some people. I don't think he'll be a high draft pick, but I think there's a chance he makes an NFL roster because he's durable and he can play center and guard. Um, so I, I would I would imagine he's going to work out a good bit at center in his pro day uh, to, to try to sell that aspect of his game as well. Um, but those guys will work out later this month, but they're not at the combine this week. Mike Detillier, the NFL draft analyst, thinks that Carvin is draftable mm-hmm. and maybe Fant. Uh, he didn't feel that way about Flowers. Yeah, I would agree with that. I would. I mean, Fant, you know, had a really good senior year. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be some questions medically. Where is he? He's been through quite a few injuries um, going back to his high school days, so that that you know he may be a little bit red flag that way. Uh, even though he played a bunch of snaps this past year, he has dealt with some injuries. Um, but, he, you know, he helped himself because of the durability and the fact that he could play any down. Mm-hmm. Uh, he could play first down through third down uh, with the way Tennessee used, you know, their, uses their tight ends in the offense. So uh, I think he would have to run well to, to get somebody's attention in terms of being a draftable player, but he's going to have an opportunity in the camp regardless. Chris, we appreciate the call. We'll get a break. Sports Talk continues. To join us, 865-656-9900. That's 865-656-9900. You can use that number to call us or use that number to text us. Sports Talk continues from Harper Volkswagen on 99.1, the sports animal. Sports Talk continues with Jimmy Hyams. I'm John Wilkerson. Our guest, Brent Hubs of AllQuest.com. We're here at Harper Volkswagen. I stand corrected on Byron Young. He just ran his second one up there, and he went 4-4-8. Four, four, well, there you go. Unofficially. Mm. He not running no more. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's put his 40 shoes up for the NFL draft at 4-4-8. Four, four, he, I, I mean, he's got to be excited about that. Yeah. And let that go at 250 pounds. Made some money. Yeah, that's a good day there. Um, so, yeah, he just – the text I just got uh, from my guys that he unofficially went 4-4-8. Four, four, that's, that's a good day for Byron Young. That's a real good mm-hmm. day. Great story. I hope he does really, really well because I think he's a great story. Let's check in with Josh. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Josh. How's it going, Gus? Doing well. Hope you are. Yes, sir. So what's what's the most predictable outcome for the volunteers this football season? <laughs> no, I, I mean, you know, here's the one thing that never gets talked about, and, and I don't want to talk about it, but. The one thing this team had a year ago, up until Hendon Hooker's tore his ACL, they were a very healthy football team. Now, they had some injuries along the ways, but but they did not have – I mean, Cedric Tillman was hurt, but they could overcome that with some of those things. They they, they started everybody on the offensive line. I mean, they were they were there. They, they didn't have any major injury on the defensive front. Um, you got to stay healthy, which is just the unknown variable of it all. Um, 
you know, I, I think that you're looking at the schedule. I think a lot of people are going to predict this football team, Jimmy, what, to win nine games? Is that, I mean, I think some people are going to have them in that nine-win category, eight-nine-win category. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I think if I were to put an over-under, hey, well, I'd go another, eight and a half. Yeah. Well, another thing I've noticed, and uh, mind you, I'm only 33. I've been in Boston my whole life. But make it short and sweet, another thing I've noticed is that when we get ahead, we do that conservative play call more than we should. One you, game. you know what I'm saying? We, we, he, did, he, he did it in the Florida game. He didn't do it the rest of the year. Done it one time. Josh Apple's done it one time. One time. One time. And they still won the game. Okay. One time I thought he got okay. conservative against Florida. Josh Heupel. Now, now, if you're talking about through 33 years, we're having a different conversation. But if you're talking about this current coaching staff, I feel like they've, I feel like they, quote, set on a lead one time since he's been here. Oh, no. We, we were number one. We were number one as far as uh, offense goes the entire season up until the South Carolina game and even after that. Yep. Which means so, that they didn't really yeah, that, take their foot off the gas except for once. Right? I, I just don't think, they, I don't think they got conservative. I mean, I think one time they got conservative and, and got themselves in a ball game uh, where they, you know, it Florida got back in the game. It almost cost yeah. them, and it made everybody nervous, and as it should have. But after that, I think you, you have seen them, and I think you'll continue to see them hammer away to the finish line. I don't think they got yeah, conservative. Well, in that, the, I don't think they got conservative against Clemson with the lead. Is my point, and that would be the next no, kind no, of no. game that way. They didn't play that. They didn't play conservative. That's my point. Well, I appreciate your time, guys. I don't want to take too much of it. Thanks, Josh. Thank we you, sure Josh. do appreciate it. Thank you. Let's go next to Doug. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Doug. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. I'm Roger Booth. It was probably was a true VFL. Whatever was what. Rest in peace, Roger. Very much yeah. so. so anyway, uh, you mentioned a name. Nobody's ever mentioned. It was still forward doing while all this was going on. There's only two possible consequences. He didn't know what was going on, so he should have been fired without getting paid. Or even worse, he knew what was going on and didn't do anything about it. How long has he stayed out of trouble? He's not named in anything, any document I've read. I don't. I, I'm, I, I, I know that's my question. I don't have an answer. I've not been in any interview process <laughs> that anybody's gone through to talk about what was going on. My, my my point to that earlier was, I think it's hard to say lack of institutional control with the entire university body. The inter- university should have known there was a lack of institutional control. They didn't. You, you know they. They aided in it or whatever you – however you want to view institutional control, Jimmy. If, if there's the, – the leader of the athletic department is not named in any involvement any way, shape, or form. I think that's a hard sell to say it's a lack of institutional control, in my opinion. But it could be failure to I, I mean, Yeah, I agree with you. I, I don't know how they could arrive at that conclusion. So, uh, uh, question, uh, how are we doing my man Booth down here in Chattanooga? And I'll hang up and do some Booth card again. Oh, Boo Carter. Okay, thanks. Appreciate oh. it. Uh, they're they're right there with Boo Carter. I mean, they got to get him back on campus. He's he's went and seen Colorado, and he's going to see a bunch of other places. I'm sure. Uh, he's friends with Marcus Gorey, who's committed to Tennessee. Um, you know, he's, he knows a good number of the players on Tennessee's roster already. He's been up here a good number of times. 
but, th- you know, that one's going to be work to the finish line. But I think Tennessee has positioned themselves well. I think Willie Martinez has done a good job with that relationship, as he has with Marcus Gorey Jr. and Caleb Beasley in the state of Tennessee, defensive backs that he's heavily involved in recruiting. And I look for Boo Carter to be back on Tennessee's campus uh, in, in March um, to, to see a, a spring practice. Um, failure to monitor, I think there's certainly out there. Lack of institutional control to me is, a, is, is much more serious. I think failure to monitor. Mm-hmm. But, again, there is no failure to monitor charge against Philip Fulmer. Mm-hmm. There's failure to monitor charges against Jeremy Pruitt, but there's no failure to monitor charge against Philip Fulmer in any document that's been released by the NCAA. Yeah, Doug's saying that Fulmer should have known or he knew and didn't do anything about it. So that's Doug's opinion. Yeah, I don't I don't on, know the on answer. that situation. I don't know the answer to that. I mean, I can't say that he I can't say either. I can't say an answer to either because he's not shown up in anything and I don't know I don't know how it was all being done or not being done. Let's go to Rick. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Rick. Uh, first time caller and uh, just met Roger last Friday at the remote there at uh, Rusty Wallace Honda. So shocked and sad to hear about his passing. Yeah, it, uh, it's still sinking in, that's for sure. Yeah, life life is short and uh, we just need to make the most of every day. And he, he lived that way, I, I, I gather. So. But uh, this is a little switch to, to a basketball question uh, for, for you all. Um, with the COVID year, do we know if any of our seniors are considering coming back to uh, do a, another year um, for, for a basketball team? I don't think any of them are coming back. Jimmy, I guess at the tip-off club, Josiah Jordan-James did not completely slam the door when when, when broached that question. Yeah. Um, but he's the only one that I, I, I think I, I think you're going to see Santi go overseas and play. Yep. Um, I, I, I think Olivier could certainly go back home and play over there. I, I think those guys – I think those guys will try to make it in the yeah. league here – but we'll, some of them will end up playing overseas. I don't see anybody coming back personally. I, I, I don't know. The more I look at it, the more I agree with that. The one that I thought might have the best chance to come back would be James. But I think the others are gone. And it was interesting listening to Olivia Cumwell the other night when he was asked a couple of times about what's your deal. He said, I'll let you guys speculate on that. Y'all can do that. I'm not going to go. Y'all just talk about it. That's good conversation for you guys. So, I, But I'm, I'm, I, I think – you got three players with a foreign background that I think will end up probably playing overseas. And and James, who's not been able to stay healthy, I think is has the best chance to stay. But I don't think, John, any of them are coming back. Yeah. Um, it really is. We, we saw, of course, Fulkerson was going to come back and get every last year that he could and every last moment that he could. But I do think that when you look at three of the four that have that opportunity – um, they aren't from the United States, and so they have the chance to go closer to home or go play, um, as you mentioned, elsewhere. And and so for that reason, I agree with you. I, I think if there is one, it would be uh, Triple J, and uh, and then we'll see because it's it's just it's going to take some getting used to because you're just used to seeing those guys around the program. Yeah. 
But, Rick, we sure do appreciate it, and uh, we'll get a break. Final segment to this hour of Sports Talk coming up. Another segment for us with Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. Question or comment, 865-656-9900, 865-656-9900. His appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. This is Sports Talk at Harper Volkswagen on 99.1, the sports animal. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? Reality remains reality no matter how hard you try to ignore it. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Again, I'm all here for the pop culture, people dating each other for the press. Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. Every so often, and by every so often, I mean literally every 27 seconds where the producer gets fired. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Final segment to this hour of Sports Talk. Final segment for us with Brent Hubbs of AllQuest.com. We go back to the phones. It's Stan who's up next. Hello, Stan. Hey, guys. Uh, I'll be real quick. Just wanted to uh, mention to Brent, always look forward to the Thursday show. Like, uh, always really enjoy that. Been uh, listening for several years. And, Jimmy, I want to wish you all the best in your retirement. Thank you. Thank you. And um, I don't know if Brent is uh is a has any time but boy he sure would be a great addition jimmy wants you decide to go play golf we don't want brent (laughs) (laughs) makes he makes too much money i've not been i've not been contacted (laughs) so i'm not a candidate (laughs) but thank you for the kind words i appreciate it (laughs) all right thank you guys have a good one thanks appreciate it we go next to Lenny. You're on Sports Talk. Hello, Lenny. Pick green beans, Sports Talk. Hey, guys, how are you? <laughs> Good. Fine. How are Yourself? you, sir? <laughs> hey, fine. Thank you. Uh, I was calling. I wanted to ask Brent. I forget the kid's name. He's from New Jersey. Uh, he's a safety. I actually uh, picked him. I drive Lyft on the side, and uh, uh, I picked he, he and his brother and his mom at the airport. Super sweet family. And uh, I was wondering if he knew that kid's name and, the potential of him, you know, coming here. When when would he he visited the uh, Kentucky week, uh, Chris Lofton week? He was in for a visit. I don't uh, I I don't know who that is right off the top of my head. I'll have to do some research. Sorry, I, I don't. Okay, I don't have that. It's fine. He's from New Jersey, and I, I just thought you might know. Uh, second, I'm I'm just curious. Um, I still get calls, you know, hear calls about people hating on Phil Fulmer. Why, why do you still think that is? Do you think the major thing still resonates? Uh, with some people, yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. I do. Um, and, and I also think that there were some people that uh, were concerned about him becoming an athletic director because of his lack of experience of being in that role. And one of the reasons he was hired was to fix football. And he didn't. So, mm-hmm. but that's that's what he was. That was he, he was going to be judged on as an athletic director. Yeah, and I think I think when you're when you're around as long as as long as he has as he has been and and was, sometimes you get a little bit of a fatigue factor with people. Right, you're always looking for something new. You're looking for 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 new because you, you get you get tired of the old. You know, and that's not fair. I mean, because two years before he was removed, he was in the SEC championship game. Right. Yeah. And as you know, as I said, when he was let go, if that's this is the route you want to go, that's fine. You better get it right. Took a long time. Yeah. 
<laughs> Still, you know, they, you feel like Tennessee's finally moving in the right direction, but it hadn't been right for for a while. And then, and mm-hmm. and again, some people would say he's part of the reason why they couldn't get it right because he, he's the one who hired Jeremy Pruitt, brought Jeremy Pruitt in here, and and was a part of that mess. So, um, you know, and sometimes it's just easy for people to call in and pick on other people. <laughs> yep, it is. But uh, Lenny, we sure do appreciate it. We have one caller that if uh, if he saw Philip Fulmer walking on water, he'd say, "Look at that! Philip can't swim." <laughs> <laughs> yep. and, that, and that goes back to Coach Majors, and that, I mean that goes back a long you know that goes back a long ways, and it's never going to change for that person, regardless of the number of titles that you win. Right? Quick, quick comment, Zakai Ziegler. Your thoughts? Unfortunate, on- and and we'll see where Tennessee goes. I know they played well against Arkansas, Jimmy. How do they handle it now that? team's game plan for Zakaza Ziegler not being out there. Mm-hmm. Auburn's going to attack differently defensively than Arkansas did with three days to prepare for no Zakaza Ziegler. They're going to pressure Tennessee's backcourt. We'll see how they handle it on Saturday. And then also, uh, what all's going on at VolQuest.com these days? Well, we're, we're following the combine like everybody else is, so we got a running thread on that right now going up. And then we've got the latest from Rick Barnes. We've got the Porch Podcast, getting you ready for baseball this weekend. That's been a ton of fun to, to, to listen to. If you're a baseball fan, you're not listening to that one, then you're missing out, in my opinion. we got our Mailbag Podcast. We'll have the War Room tomorrow. Plenty of recruiting stuff out there. Update on Tennessee ha- official visitor in basketball that was in town midweek this week, a point guard. we got that update up, and we'll have continued. Continued football stuff. Tennessee's got a junior day on Saturday. We'll have full coverage of that. Baseball, I don't know. we got it all right now. It's all Fun going time. on. Fun time. <laughs> Brent, always appreciate it. Thank you very much. All right, thanks, guys. And that's Brent Hubbs. Again, his appearance brought to you by Diversified Enclosures and Screen. The Ed Milet Show showcases the greatest peak performers sharing their journey, knowledge, and thought leadership. Sebastian Maniscalco. I'm a comedian. In my 20s, I wasn't, like, in a company. And I don't know, like, how marketing sales. Yeah, you're a brand. You're a company. Yeah. And like Jay-Z says, I'm a businessman. Yeah. Yeah. To that. Remind me not to quote any hip-hop lyrics again. That was just a big miss. <laughs> when you first said it, I'm like, yeah, he's a businessman. Yeah, I nailed it at the end. I pulled it together. It just took me a minute. The Ed Milet Show is available on YouTube or wherever you listen.